0: I just cartoonified myself. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own, Tyler Reed and Tate Brown.
1: you just say you cartoonified yourself oh wow look at that that's pretty good that
0: is good this is a new you app. look
1: like you could be in a pixar movie absolutely i could you are gonna be in the next princess movie princess you'll what? be you'll be the handsome prince there what okay look at that
0: okay yeah
1: there you go all right facial hair and everything all right you're looking at me as if I'm joking. I, I'm totally <laughs> serious. You need to send that in.
0: Make make Pixar's job oh, easy. I just submitted my face to some data mining. Oh, absolutely, app for sure. I'm in a database now. Hopefully, we don't, we don't have any listeners in a certain
1: North place. Korea. North Korea, Russia. No, we do have a listener, a single listener. In Russia? We had a download in Russia. Does it tell you what area in Russia? No. Mm. Russia's huge. So, And it doesn't even have... When we look at the data for some of our listeners, um, we don't have tons of data, but what we have through our one little... The host. Host. Yeah. Breaks down... Australia, I think into three parts and Canada into four or five parts. Okay. We can see that. The US is broken into fifty states. I think Michigan is the number one state. It's usually up there. Yeah. Michigan, Texas, Florida, California, and Washington are typically
0: our top <laughs> That's like our top dogs. All right. Cool. Well, to our one listener in Russia. Uh, Hit us up. I I, uh, communicate with a Fortis 900 user in Ukraine. Really? Pretty often, yeah. Uh, We talk every couple weeks. You pen pals or? (laughs) (laughs) Just LinkedIn. We just chat on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's fun. So you are pen pals? More or less. Yeah, modern pen pals. That's cool. I know. Do you want to say hi? Uh, yeah. Hey, Ivan. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) I can't pronounce his last name. Not even going to try? No, it's it starts with a Z and it's got to be 13 letters long.
1: It's one of those hockey jersey last (laughs) names that goes from like it's got a high arch and it goes from shoulder to shoulder. (laughs) Is that what they do? Oh, yeah. They
0: arch it to get that extra length.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's hilarious. It's great.
0: And it's the one sport where you see it relatively often yeah that makes sense and that does make sense well what's up it's friday afternoon yeah friday afternoon we're a little
1: late on this episode a day late but not a dollar short no and this is going to be a highly polished episode <laughs> highly
0: polished i hope so i hope so with with little news we've right? rehearsed We rehearsed this episode several times, haven't we? I guess you could call it that. Yeah, I guess so. Words can mean whatever you want.
1: (laughs) We won't won't get into that too much. But today, it is going to be a lighter episode, thankfully, because it's Friday, too, because we don't have a ton of news, but there's just some, there's one cool little news story. So we're going to do something new today.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to do it okay I'm willing what, there's actually what two
1: experiments today number one we are going to try news in a half minute by Tyler half Reed minute? Half, half minute half minute Yeah, you're
0: taking half my time
1: 30 seconds is all you get who does and I, news in a half minute Um, people who want to have a good time and <laughs> get a lot of information alright I get it everyone's busy Everybody's busy, and we need more of this type of stuff, you know? Okay. So I, do you want to be able to see the clock, or yeah, if do gonna, you want me to just, just, no, I need a little buzzer sound I on the soundboard? I need a visual. I need a shot clock. <sighs> okay, I'll give it to you. You say go, I'll start the clock, and you give us the news in a, in a half minute.
0: Okay, I need to remember what the news story was. Okay, I think I got it. You got it? I think You're so. dialed in? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you say go. And go. All right, a company that we all know and love, Ford Motor Company, a company highly invested in 3D printing technology, recently announced the sale of their upcoming hybrid truck, the Maverick 2022 version, on sale this fall. Most notable thing for us is the Fits modular interior system where they will be developing 3d printable accessories and expecting users to 3d print their own accessories and in fact encouraging it boom holy cow i'm (laughs) okay
1: i'm not even i'm not faking this my amount of being shocked because so no joke me and tyler did kind of we we had a couple discussions this morning we tried to record them they didn't they didn't record it was my fault (laughs) Totally ah, my fault.
0: What do you mean Is they Is that an understatement? Record? I mean, if if someone... Let's hit, not do this. Yeah, we don't have Let's to do this. Let's not it. do this. You
1: brought it up, so... Uh, well, I want to admit that I messed up this morning. Yes. We had this discussion. I brought up the idea of that news in a half minute. Tyler did that the first time with his phone open. And I was pretty amazed that he did it in 29 and a half seconds, but he had his phone. He had a couple notes, and I was just like, okay, yeah, that was cool. Good job. And it was entertaining. This time... You didn't, you had no clue when I was going to bring that up. That article had acronyms in it the FITS acronym. Yeah. And was there another one? No, just the one. And just for me, remembering the name of that truck because I had never heard of it before. Yeah. That truck did come out of nowhere. That was nice. Well, I don't uh, want to toot your horn, but
0: toot toot. Like well, that was pretty good. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're going to do that more often because <laughs> I want to stump you. Imagine how much we could get done if we treated everything we do with that level of urgency. I would have to go to sleep. I would have to call it a day at like 1130 a.m. I'd be like, I'm pooped. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, that was good intensity. And I feel like that was, a, that was a fun little. It's fun to watch the clock because I spent the first 12 or 15 seconds. just Setting it up. Setting the context, it's important. Well, you're
1: you were that was very incredible. I challenge anyone to try and do what he just did. <laughs> There's no way I could have done it either time. He just did it twice, and the second time
0: was more impressive. Well, as it should have been. Yeah, that sec that that first time this but morning, with no notes. Well, yeah. It. I mean, you can only fit so many facts into 30 seconds, so it's not that hard. That's pretty cool. So, if you're looking for any more information
1: on that story. I don't know where to look for it other than Google. Just Google, Google the it. Ford
0: Maverick and the Fits concept it or how do you what's the verb of duck duck go? Duck it. Duck it. Just duck it. I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's we'll come back to that.
0: Yeah. Just it duck needs it. to be popularized. We we can popularize it. We'll start it. Yeah. Duck it. I don't use duck duck go though. i actually like to be tracked. Really? I don't necessarily like to be tracked, but I do like the suggestions. Mm. I like the predictive nature of it.
1: I do in when I'm looking for certain things. Yeah. It's helpful. It is, it's it's <clears throat> well, a helpful aid. Choose. That's the thing is you can't pick and that's choose. That's what's hard about it. And, yeah. And now I can pick and choose because I have DuckDuckGo.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess that's true but google is only as good as the info it has on you right so for me it has like 16 actually probably like 20 years of search history that's a lot of data i know it's a lot of tracking someone at google's like why do you keep searching diy on the same thing for 16 straight years just do it <laughs> <laughs> just do it <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so good. I wish you knew us better. That's all I can say. If if that's not funny, (laughs) I don't know what funny is. Tyler and I have a tendency to hang up on projects. We overthink and underdo. And there you go. This is personal. (sighs) Yeah. This is very personal. So that was a nice little self-deprecating joke there. Okay. Enough of us. Let's talk about
0: what the topic of the day is going to be topic of the day, of the day. Yeah. To print or not to print. That is the topic of the day.
1: <laughs> so, in other words, when is 3D printing the wrong choice? Yeah. Which is it's an important topic. And it, and you wouldn't expect it from us. We advocate for 3D printing for a
0: living. Uh eh, some people might get the impression that I hate 3D printing. If, um who? Uh I don't know, just there's been certain pockets of shows where it's like, does this guy even like what he does? Is it because of your skepticism? Maybe. I don't know. It's healthy. Healthy skepticism. Mm, I'm glad you think so. Well, uh, anyway. I try I try to keep it at bay.
1: I think I think you do a decent job for the most part, but we do target We ask the tough questions to the right people.
0: And yeah, I like to be asked tough questions as well, and that's part of how you arrive at an answer to the question, should I 3D print this part?
1: Well, I'm going to ask you a tough question Uh-oh. right now. Uh-oh. To get this started off, I want to basically create some bullet points, six to be exact. I'm going to throw out the first three. You're going to throw out the second three, so my job is easier than yours. And I'm going to, of course, pick the low-hanging fruit. And actually, I get a little creative with with one of them. But I'm basically creating the bullet points for the major factors that contribute to when you're determining why 3D printing may not work.
0: Okay. So areas that you're... You're searching for potential pitfalls or red flags.
1: I like to use indicator. Indicator? Yeah. Red flags? <laughs> so negative. Yeah. It's just an indicator. It, it's, a, it's still a good thing to... You're going to be producing parts no matter what. Whether yeah. you choose 3D printing or another traditional method. We're just identifying indicators that would say 3D printing may not be your best option. Okay. May not.
0: May keyword. not. Keyword. Well, this is, these these are the discussion areas, like the discussion spaces that you want to investigate to help you find an answer. Yeah. Like you can't just say yes or no right off the bat. You have to follow a line of thinking. So that's what we're going to try to introduce is where should your thinking be? Exactly. So I'll start. Okay, let's go. Easiest one, throughput. Oh yeah, for sure. Easiest. Uh,
1: cert. This is one that is more creative, so I'm giving you a chance to be able to come up with your three. But certifications. Oh. Okay. When you require certain certifications, and then three, exact material.
0: Okay, yeah. So, if, for some reason, your product requires a, a very specific material, that could potentially be. A immediate disqualifier
1: yeah. or qualifier.
0: I mean, it's yeah.
1: relatively easy, but you'd be surprised how close we can push the envelope with that, with mi- either mimicking materials or a thermoplastic FDM version of that material. So we often yeah. get into are you guys willing to make a compromise? For example, like right. with full isotropy. You're not going to have that with an FDM part. Right. Can you stand to That's do that? That's not material, though.
0: That's not material.
1: I wouldn't okay, I don't, that I, Well, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying. Just throwing some. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to encroach upon your potential yeah, three bullet I know. points. I know. Tell us what they are. Oh, okay. Did I put you on the spot too hard?
0: I don't yeah. want you to be able to stall. Oh, I'm, I'm a pro at, at stalling. You're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I'm showing you what amateur stalling looks like right now. So amateur stalling involves silence. And silence, you know, everyone can feel it. You... I'm giving you like 15 <laughs> seconds to finish this up. <laughs> okay. So number four, <clears throat> let's go with size. Size. Part size, okay. Um, on both ends of the spectrum.
1: Yep. Okay. Too small. Too big.
0: Yes. Let's do a broad category, which is closer to what you were just talking about with the anisotropy. Is just so I was encroaching uh, upon your yeah part IP. requirements or uh, yeah part requirements part attributes. So things like tolerance, surface finish um like yeah anisotropy uh electrical or mechanical properties just part requirements and the third one we're going to step away from a technological consideration and we're going to go into a people consideration do you have the talent or knowledge or skill set to take on the endeavor Like, do you have the ability to do it or someone on your team? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Expertise. Expertise. Yeah, like, have
1: you ever used CAD? Have you ever printed before?
0: What? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What have you? you?
0: Do you understand the workflow? Like, pre-printing, printing, printing, post-printing? Do you have a solid understanding of what each of those mean? And, like, do you have access to the software? Do you have the ability to utilize the software, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. Which is a, it's a very real roadblock that uh, oftentimes when people are investigating whether or not they can print a part, Mm -hmm. uh, the people they're talking to are disincentivized from addressing that concern. Yes. So... I want to get more into that. I want to
1: flesh that out a little bit more. I'm going to tell a story, story time, Ooh. and then we'll loop back and we'll try and tie these points either to this story or make some real world cases for the whys behind do and All don't right. of each of these points.
0: Okay. I think, we, I think we should have some stories to draw on because this is a common request that we, we deal with, right? Right. Um, oftentimes we're approached about trying to 3D print a part for production. That's that's the context of this yeah. conversation often. But also it's prototyping, it's tooling, that sort of thing. But production is, you know, at volume seems to be where people really struggle with the answer. Right. and
1: And that's ultimately... What this whole conversation is geared towards more, I'm realizing, is more if you're looking at 3D printing as a production method for your part or parts or assembly, this is more applicable to you as a consumer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So it let's just get- it just seems to be that's that's the context where we are most commonly having this discussion.
1: Yeah. And this story that I have to tell is about a a gal that came to us with dreams of production and with a short deadline. Yep. And I already know who you're talking about. (laughs) Now, to give you all some background, this lady was a saint in my eyes. Just a beautiful lady inside and out. And she was a sweetheart. And t- Tyler's over what the, there. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> she didn't like Tyler, but she liked me. Oh, so she, that obviously made me like her more. Yeah,
0: and she, her like Tyler less. <laughs> she dislikes me. Uh, to put it lightly, I don't. I don't know what it is. I think I taught her too well.
1: And see, that's the thing that everyone needs to understand. Until this morning, I didn't know that you had had previous uh, conversations with her. Yeah. So she knew who you were probably going into this discussion about 3D printers.
0: Uh, maybe. You know, I am a forgettable person. <laughs> and I, I remember people that seem to not remember me. It's a very common theme throughout my whole life. It's literally happened like twice. I know
1: exactly the two times you're thinking of.
0: No, it happens all the time where I will run into somebody that I've met and they act as if they do not know me. And so either they're doing it on purpose or it's not on purpose. The end result to me is the same. It's like this person doesn't care about me. And you're just mad. And then you hold a grudge against them the rest of your life.
1: Again, yeah. I'm speaking yes. about the two examples I know of, and I know for sure that you hold a grudge against
0: both of these people. <laughs> I think this is where... Do you remember... I think it was the very first episode where we were talking about a, a nemesis. Oh, yeah. I have a I have a complex about uh, ha- nemesis, and this is where it was born from. Years of being forgotten. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You're... You're like a,
1: you're a villain in the making. Oh. Totally. <laughs> totally. Just everybody has hurt you in your past and eventually you're going to get your, I will make them remember me. Exactly. Oh boy. Anyway. I will though. So let's get back into the story. The sweet lady came to us and said, hey, can you help me uh, produce these parts? And Tyler's still <laughs> scathing over there. He doesn't like that. Um she she asked us, "Hey, can I is 3D printing a viable option for this type of production?" And we're like, "Absolutely. This application, these parts are great for this. They her parts stacked up nice. They were they were relatively flat. They were easy to modify the design for additive uh to really optimize the strength of the part but also the speed of its build. We basically did a lot of free work for this sweet lady because Oh yeah. Um, we wanted to really prove one, that this is a great application two that we can do it. But as we got further on in the discussion with her, we realized her deadlines and expectations were a little bit unrealistic. So we still, we, we took it to the nth degree. We, instead of putting as many parts flat on the build plate as possible, we started
0: nesting vertically. What are you, why are you shifty eyeing (laughs) me? I'm just thinking. About how she got us to do all this work.
1: Just now you're starting it? Yeah. Think? She, I think she, I think. You think she took advantage of
0: us? Yeah, I do. She was a sweetheart. She wouldn't do that. All you have to do is play a little naive and ask for help. And p- p- good people like you are more than willing to jump in and. Truthfully, help. though, it was a good application. Yeah, it was.
1: We were all kind of tempted by it in a lot of ways because was I? <laughs> I know you wanted hands off. Once you're like, you know, she doesn't favor me. I don't want anything to do with this lady. Whatever. Any- right. Yeah, so we we you stacked you stacked them. We stacked Ver- them vertically. Verdict, right? And I I didn't actually do it. Oh, you didn't? No. Hmm. Um but the the parts were stacked vertically in SolidWorks. And with our slicer, that's that's the the probably the most efficient way to do it is just stack up the parts, either in an assembly or a multi-bodied part. It would kind of work yeah. the same way. You pull that
0: into GrabCAD Print, and it will print support between yeah these parts. Yeah, these were relatively thin, flat parts. So uh, why would you stack them vertically? So that one, we got more
1: parts per build. Uh huh. Two. The build times were such and material changeovers were such that she basically only had to walk up to that machine like two times a day, either to change materials or change build trays. And it that was our kind of max throughput, um, utilizing the machine as much as possible and her time.
0: So it was like okay. an optimized build. That makes sense. So I think that's... It. An important consideration to stop and talk about briefly is when you're, when you're considering throughput and trying to figure out how many realistically, how many parts per month, for example, some long, longer period of time, how many parts per month can I, can I produce? You have to optimize your time completely. It's not good enough to just, in this case, fill up a build tray, stack parts as tall as possible and, uh and try to print as many parts as possible because you are too narrow minded or your focus is too narrow and you have to approach it more holistically. What is the whole process going to look like? When can I be in the office? How many parts can I move to the next stage at a time, et cetera?
1: Right. Cause you'd be losing 12 hours if you're only changing the things during the daytime and you just have a, a finished build sitting there for 12 right. hours versus you could be printing lights out and utilizing that overnight time
0: right. or more of it. Sometimes the best option is to actually have two separate builds that you swap back and forth. One that goes during the day and then one that goes during the night.
1: Ah, yeah, for sure. So these are, that's a bonus tip
0: bonus. <laughs> we ding, 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 we ding.
1: do need to start getting some <laughs> some extra sounds on this soundboard.
0: Yeah, we have the little sound pad. We only have 3 slots. Well, better better make them count. <laughs> so, I
1: throughput wise, we thought we could get her there. And I basically it was close. It was tight. It was too tight. It still yeah. was too tight. We knew it. We explained it to her. She was like, as soon as she saw the numbers jived, she just wanted the system. Yeah. And as much advice as we could give her, she was willing to to take it from there. Now, this kind of gets to the last point that you brought up, point number six, in what is your user experience like what tools do you have in terms of people. Mm-hmm. This sweet lady was a user of SOLIDWORKS, but not a very good one. Whoa. And I will I will admit <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> that as sweet as she was, she could use SOLIDWORKS, but the the design she brought me initially was basically Probably one of the poorest sheet metal designs I've ever seen in my life. And oh, I hope she never listens to this. She won't know it's her. Mm. Don't, don't even. <laughs> anyway, even if she does, I still think she's a great lady. Just wasn't the best SOLIDWORKS user and had never 3D printed before. However, even though she had no additive manufacturing experience... She worked in a job shop and produced parts in CNC, which that's how you initially met her. That's right. Is my understanding, is through helping her with CAM. <clears throat> yep, that's years right. Years ago. Years ago, yep. <laughs> and so she wasn't,
0: she understood manufacturing to some degree. Yeah. Which is important because not everyone does. Not everybody who's facing this question has manufacturing experience. And it's the reason why I brought that point up is because just a little, a side note here,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. 3d printing, the strength of it is that you don't need a specific education. You don't have to have a deep technical background to suddenly be in a situation where you're creating valuable parts. However, it's a double-edged sword because you can more easily convince yourself that you're capable of going on to the next step without realizing the added complexity of going into production, high volume production. It is a question of not just scaling the printing, but there are just so many other uh, components to be aware of. Right. Like well sorry, go yeah. ahead i didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you, but one of those
1: of which that I keep thinking you had brought up earlier is the scalability of your process, which we kind of talked about how to efficiently do that based on when your build stop times are that mm-hmm. sort of thing that's that's just we're talking building then when we talk post processing, you have to include that as part of the process, so you have to talk about the throughput of your post-processing ability and does one outpace the other. Right. So there's all these intricacies and they're totally geometry and part dependent. Yep. That's just one thing, right? Like, what's another thing that someone might forget? Pre-processing time? In production, that's not so much of an issue,
0: is it? Um, It could be. You know, in this particular example... We did some front-end work. You do some front-end work. And if you're up against deadlines, um, and you are having to learn how to do that front end work, or if you're not even aware that the front end work is possible, that could be a, that could be a pitfall. If you've never printed, you may not understand that you can go in and you can change the interior of the part to speed it up or slow it down. Or this particular part had some debossed Features, mm-hmm. writing, writing, yep. text and whatnot. And it was critical that it was legible. You go in and you adjust tool paths around that to make it work. Uh, if you don't have the experience to know uh, how to do that or if it's even possible, you suddenly could get upside down in your, uh, in your timeline. So, yeah.
1: Which is kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't due to the front end work because, again, we basically did that for her. It was more in that when the first small hiccup happened, which i don't even I don't know whether it was a printer thing like an auto changeover that didn't happen or you know she slept in five minutes and didn't make her normal yeah switch over time or or whatever it was, but basically the first thing first hiccup totally derailed her and put her off
0: of her production goals, yeah, the unfortunate part of um, just life and devices made by humans is that they are not infallible. So no matter how much effort and work goes into creating a reliable product, things always happen. Machines are never 100% available. Um, Outside of reliability, you have reasons why a machine wouldn't be available. But even... A well-serviced machine is going to have hiccups. It's just the reality of it. And are
1: we talking 3D printing
0: or all machinery? Literally everything made by humans has failures at some point. So So it sounds like you're making excuses. No, I'm just saying you cannot cannot count on something working all the time. How many times have you gone into um mcdonald's no like and the ice cream machine's broken i'm kidding i'm kidding i did that was a that was shots fired i know i did watch a a very extensive video explaining why that is by the way (laughs) share with us after supposedly it's by design i i believe it because it keeps it's it's a conspiracy it keeps the manufacturer uh it's a revenue stream of ice cream service and maintenance of the um machines themselves Oh, really? Maintaining them is a is a revenue stream, a significant revenue stream for the manufacturer. And supposedly, it's in McDonald's franchisee contracts that they have to purchase this specific equipment and keep it under maintenance. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Go, goes deep. That's a little nugget. goes deep. I'm interested in learning more about this. Yeah, so... Keep us on track, would you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Um, Machine uptime, if you're at 75, 80% machine uptime, you're good. You're pretty solid. Um, that's, pretty, that's, that's an industry standard from some of the most highly optimized industries in the world, like semiconductor industry. And that takes into account time where a print, in this case, is just sitting there waiting to be unloaded. But it also takes into account normal things, m- maintenance, changing ahead, changing materials, that sort of thing. How many times have you gone into a meeting and you have an issue with your browser or you have an issue with Zoom or you have an issue with your microphone? Like things just, things happen. Yeah, totally. And because this was her
1: first time experiencing this, her expectation of 3D printing that was that it was like the complete answer and that it didn't have the same issues as a CNC machine. And we couldn't have known that prior to getting getting her this machine you know it did it did work for her her application yeah it, it did fit. not work for her expectation of 100 percent uptime yeah which that's why i hate when i hear that from anyone whether it's stratasys or any other brand it's like come on yeah doesn't exist now she was running these prints for i think they were 36 hour prints a that, lot of them that's a long job Way long. And you're building almost the entire build volume that's available in FDM. Yeah. That never happens. One after
0: after the other, after the other, after the other, just seven days a week. Right. On a system that really isn't marketed to do that, it's capable and it was doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if any one small hiccup is going to totally derail your delivery and upset your customer... That is kind of risky.
1: Yeah, and it's not considered, uh, quote-unquote, a production machine. It's right. it's an office-friendly prototyping machine, and it can do some production duty. And it's industrial duty, don't get me wrong. But ultimately, she did end up getting into a production line printer, a uh, uh, Fortis 450, and things went smoothly from there. As far as I know.
0: So yep. I guess we've kind of hammered on that last point. But when, and, we assess, when we assess that particular case, like we did go through the other buckets, right? We look at, okay, what are your part requirements? All right. Yeah. So FDM looks like it would be a good fit. There's a good chance that FDM wouldn't have been a good fit, but another printing technology would have, right? Especially one that's more geared towards production, perhaps, uh, so things like part tolerance and surface finish and available materials, those were all good. The yep. throughput question was good. Um, what, what were some of the other buckets? The size was okay. It, it all it worked
1: out. I think you hit them all. It all worked out. The parts didn't need to be fully isotropic. Yeah. Yeah. What cert, they didn't need to be certified. Right. Everything
0: worked. Yep. She even got the color she wanted. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like a high viz is color. Yep. There are a few of those buckets that I would always start with if I could because they're instant disqualifiers. Size, certifications. If you're selling into a regulated market, you know, a market that you have to Flight follow ready. Yeah, you have to follow rules set by a governing body, FDA, FAA, or some uh, another type of regulatory body like API then you should probably lead with that. Absolutely, because
1: there's only a few materials likely at all, and that'll really narrow your search for technology brands. Right. All of that. Right.
0: If if it needs a certification, and it's not lead just material, that. it's whole process. So it actually could not only could it right. Uh, it not only could it tie you to a specific material. But it could also tie you to a specific manufacturer or machine a, a specific machine, something that is capable of producing the information needed to qualify and certify a part. And then that
1: machine also needs to be certified
0: Yeah, in many cases. So could we're, yeah, we're talking could about me, all sorts of certified. different Yeah, all sorts of different things, but these are of serious concern and normally people don't stumble into that unless they're very inexperienced and those usually don't go anywhere anyway
1: so besides qualifications what else could become a factor we talked about our six points qualifications so you've kind of tackled one of the points that i made let's talk a little bit more about part requirements Okay. So, in the in the story that I told, it was well within tolerance. Yeah. And we didn't have any issues there. But say say someone has plus or minus two thou or three thou, Mm -hmm. we know it's an easy answer. Generally, with most of the technologies, they're going to hold our best ones three to five, right? Yeah.
0: So that That's one's right. an easy disqualifier. We Any, don't, and even that number is dependent on the size of the part. Cause oftentimes yeah. in, in the printer spec sheets, you'll see two numbers. The first one would be plus or minus say five
1: mm-hmm.
0: or plus or minus say one and a half inch per inch, which is really like a percentage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing <laughs> over there? Uh, apparently, what is this amateur hour? Yeah, you know, you know, kidding. Um, now different technologies have different capabilities, but something that helps us when we're looking at part requirements is that technique doesn't play a huge role, the machine's capabilities are fairly well defined. Any given machine, it its capabilities are, you know, known to some degree, right? Yeah. As opposed to something like a milling machine, the technique and the approach that the operator decides to take and the programmer decides to take can change Mm -hmm. the machine's capabilities. But on a printer, you feed it a file and what comes out of it is somewhat predictable. So that's probably a good segue, feeding a file. Yeah. So
1: would you say, now this is where, you know, we talked about indicators. This one I would fully say is a red flag. <laughs> when okay. someone comes yeah. to you with these aspirations to either A, start a print bureau or B, I have this idea for this part and I want to print this many. Yeah. And I'm ready to buy a machine and let's get this going. Yeah. Like, okay, well, let's get you a benchmark going. Let's figure out which technology is right for you. You kind of dial it in and they're like, Part file, don't you guys? do you guys
0: do that? Yeah, doesn't that come from you? I've oh. got a sketch on a napkin <laughs> that I can send over. Oh man, that does happen.
1: That to me is a red flag. And now that I don't want to sound like I'm just drinking haterade, but that that kind of that question in and of itself kind of knocks off a ton of the, the stuff we've already talked about. One, we know that you don't have CAD. Two, we know that you don't have manufacturing experience, let alone 3D printing experience. So you've kind of already set us up to, we want to still help you, but it becomes tougher.
0: Yeah. You have a long road ahead of you. And if you come into it uh, with some humility and with an understanding that you don't know what you don't know, then it can work. But not everybody approaches it. In that regard, but you have a long uphill battle,
1: like our sweet
0: lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so bitter, <sighs> so
0: bitter. Anyway,
1: so what? What's another one of these bullets that that sticks out to you?
0: Um, you know, it's not often that you have to have a specific material, so it's very situational. That might be your bidding on a contract.
1: And that's easy to answer too.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're like,
1: hey, listen, we can only have yeah. injection molded nylon six, then we're like, well, then why did you come right to us? Because we can't produce that.
0: I think the size question is interesting. Um, this is one of those questions where it's not, it feels like a yes or no, but it's really not a yes or no uh, because you can get creative, especially on large parts, you have options. On smaller parts, um, you have to really, in some cases, really research the capabilities of the machines and the systems and fully vet out the output of these systems. So like you and I were looking at a picture of a little nut and bolt that was a fraction the size of the tip of a graphite pencil. Very, very small part. Yeah. That, was that even a commercial machine? I don't think it was. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, it was was, was from a company called Boston Micro Printing or something. And it was a DLP technology where they would take the projector uh, image, run it through a lens. That would make it super tiny. So that's kind of beyond belief but at that point if you're if you're thinking about going into production and all you have done is identify one company that has a system capable of it it was just recently announced maybe it's not fully commercialized yet that would be a potential red flag too because listeners to this show would know and understand that these companies producing these printers are not always completely transparent about what's real or how real things are. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, like even that, like bioprinting, or not even bioprinting, printing, microprinting, micro printing, the tiny stuff. Yeah. One thing that I always think about is like the the molecular structure does not scale, right? So as we build these tiny, tiny, tiny parts, how is that affecting the strength in that? Yeah. A lot of times having a larger part is easier to work
0: with in that way because you're not worried about that. True. There's plenty of it. Yeah. You know. Hadn't thought of that. So if you're thinking about production, you you want some resilience in whatever solution you choose. If, if you're going to be pigeonholed into one material that's produced by one vendor in Eastern Russia, that might be a problem. If it's one machine with a unique, uh, capability, um, just fully vet out and make sure you trust the company, you trust their ability to have longevity. To be able to continue to support you etc
1: yeah i think one of the things that could be a theme of this is you know we kind of set the tone with what when is 3d printing the wrong choice but understanding that we do things currently and we make tweaks to our design we we've just been doing it so often for Standard practices for for like an in injection molding you have to add dra- draft angle everybody. Yeah, that has worked in that field Makes those adjustments it's yeah. second nature if You come into 3d printing not thinking that you'll have to make adjustments you're 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 kind of choosing and attracted to 3d printing because you're like I can design my part as is and mm-hmm. produce it as designed that is the case in a lot of scenarios but not in every scenario a lot of times you will have to make changes based on the technology you're printing with once you once you dial in the right one there's still be maybe changes you have to make and they might you know like on on an injection molded part you need uniform
0: wall thicknesses with additive manufacturing you don't right it's great you have rules. They're just different rules. So right. if, you, if you approach the situation or if someone is pr- approaching the situation with an um, uncompromising vision of what their part needs to look like and how it's going to perform, they may find themselves running up against many roadblocks. Um, I would say, as, particularly for production, if we're trying to produce parts at the h- fastest rate possible a good consultant is going to come at you with suggestions because yeah, it may be a suggestion that shifts apart from not being possible to possible, but more than likely it's going to be a suggestion that reduces the print time or reduces the pre or the post print, uh, cost and time associated with that. Something that's going to streamline and optimize the whole process. So listen to them. Listen to those suggestions.
1: For sure. Where where should people look for those suggestions? Who's going to give them the most honest feedback?
0: Someone who has interests that are aligned with theirs or someone who is a trusted third-party non-biased person I would say is that possible it's tough
1: I almost think that like working with salespeople for example they're always motivated to make a process work yeah or make a product work for your application I think that's useful but make sure you're getting multiple yeah multiple opinions on the same stuff don't forget to ask around
0: and ask everyone the same questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, seeking information from multiple sources and then cross-referencing those that information that you're given. So kind of pitting each other against one another. Maybe, use but, but
1: use their motivation it. to your benefit.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. They all have something to gain. Utilize that. Right. After a sale, if you already have the machinery, it is normally in the, uh, the seller's interest to really help you at that point. But before a sale, you're still being, you're a prospect. You're still being sold to. So always keep that in mind and ask. It's not a bad idea to ask questions that you already know the answer to that you, sus- if, especially if you're suspicious, you're like, is this guy, <laughs> you know, being totally transparent or pulling my chain? Ask a question that you know the answer to, and if you know the answer should be no, and you want a no, and they tell you yes, that's a that's a red flag. Um, people like to say you yes. You can call them out. Yeah, people. Yeah, people like to say yes, and some people like to say yes and then figure out on the back end how to actually uh, make that a reality. Other people. Are happy to say no when the answer is no. Getting,
1: taking that, utilizing that information. What can we give listeners as just basic? You know, you know. Getting back to our our bullets one through six. When you require high throughput certifications, uh, exact materials. Your factors were size of the part, mm-hmm. the expertise available mm-hmm. in house and just general part requirements, general part requirements. So, you know, that's, that's a list we kind of came up with on the fly,
0: but those are, those are really important factors to look over. If you went into a meeting wanting uh, to address each of those categories, then it would be a very productive meeting
1: with anybody that's going to help you manufacture regardless of what type, if it's traditional or additive. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could probably answer, is this viable within minutes of hearing the answers to those questions. True. Uh, and then True. having a look at your
0: part, obviously. And we have our own biases too, you know, we have biases, uh, based on our own experiences. So that's important to consider. Um, as even, you know, it's just human nature, even as someone who tries to be self-aware. I have biases that I that are invisible to me. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, especially when things are subjective, I'll favor something I have more recent experience with. Like how you favor certain people, or I do don't favor
1: certain people.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Our sweet lady.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, long. That's that's in the past. That's She's a nemesis. She's not worthy. Oh, easy. Was harsh. That was harsh.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to
1: recover from that, <laughs> but it's Friday.
0: Yeah. I can end of the recover. Day Friday, so yeah, we're good.
1: I think that's a pretty comprehensive list. So the things to look out for, <clears throat> excuse me, are your throughput numbers. Yep. Those are big time. So if you can come to anybody that you want to help with production, Come to them, tell them, these are my part requirements. This is the quantity I'm looking for. If you have deadlines, all that will factor in to if additive is the right choice. Yep. And so we didn't give solid answers, but I think we gave people things to think about, which they themselves know their parts, their equipment, their abilities should be able to kind of check the boxes, yes, yes,
0: no, no, yep. I have this many parts, I get what they're saying. It's all situational, and even if the answer is no today, don't be discouraged. The answer might be yes tomorrow. It's a field that is ever-changing, as we have uh, you know covered extensively as we go over new stories. We have new machines, we have new technologies, we have new materials, new software, all sorts of things. It's changing rapidly.
1: Speaking of new, do we have any updates on the new building?
0: Uh, no, <clears throat> not really. We have a we have an origin machine on order that that we I think we'll have our hands on it next month. We have our exact metal machine that we'll have next month. Um, all of our machines by next month will be transferred over. So the month of July is going to be a busy month, and next week both you and I are traveling. Four. Four. I'm visiting Duncan Machine Products to see their four Velo machines, and I'm also going to Stratasys Direct. So you're going to get
1: to see those in action?
0: Yep. Going to Stratasys Direct in Austin to see their Velo system, and uh, we're stopping at a couple prospects to talk Velo.
1: I think that's interesting to note that Stratasys
0: owns a Velo system. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Their are SDM. Uh, arms so they're parts as a service they print metal parts on a variety of different machines EOS and Velo they print Inconel 718
1: so people can send their parts to Stratasys direct manufacturing yep if they need help yep. and don't want to purchase a machine
0: it's a big part of what we're trying to do is just drum up interest in parts right now, because the Velo system opens up a door, the door to parts that the answer was always no previously, uh, just strictly for geometry reasons. And, uh, suddenly, like I was just talking about the answer is yes now. So we've got to go back and find people who are designing parts that were previously unmanufacturable. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't spend time designing parts that are unmanufacturable, so. It's a uh, effort in education.
1: All right. So lots of travel in our future. Yep. I think this was a good episode. Oh, I hope
0: so. <laughs> I hope so.
1: He's worn out. It's <laughs> the end of a Friday, Friday afternoon. He also caved and ate a depression donut. Oh my God. And that's, <laughs> you're not happy that I brought that up. It's, it's just sadness inside me. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great Friday. If you're listening on a Friday and thank you
0: and subscribe. Subscribe. Like. Like, rate. Smash that like button.
1: Please, please <laughs> do. No, in all seriousness, seriousness, share your favorite episode with someone who you think it
0: would help. Yeah. If you find value in this, share it with someone. That would also, you think, find value. Cool. Take care. See you later.